everybody. Welcome to the in-between. We're uh, sitting here with Chris and Paul and Colson, and, and we are uh, a little bit confused. I don't know if, if everybody got to, to hear um, Chris's sermon from Sunday, um, but if you haven't, stop the podcast, go listen to it, then go read Daniel, and then come back. Um, that's a lot of instructions. Sorry, I just I just took up wow hours of your life. But, exactly. Um, it's it's great. It's it's but it's it's going to be necessary to follow along with with what we're talking about today. I think so. Um, because oh, speaking of which, yeah, the in between, also known as the biblical coup against the pastor when he's not here to defend himself on the podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Wow, I listened to that last week. Dang, just saying. <laughs> That's what you get for not being here. I got actually wanted to comment. I have been confused by two things in this passage, and one of them were right before we talked. Uh The other one is, how many people are here? Like, how many people are present in this vision? Because you're going to get, the man in linen is going to still be here. He didn't go away, right? He's there in chapter 11 or 12, end of 11 or 12. He's hovering above the water of of this Sure, he's like the sun. Which seems like he's hovering over the water not helping Daniel up or right. touching his mouth. Probably not. And then we get two guys later who one was on each side of the water. Don't know who they are. So, I mean, I, I think there's a, there could easily be four or five yeah. minimum spiritual beings here. Sure. Which might explain the, as Paul, you said that last, that third option may right. explain the entire controversy of Jesus is here, but Jesus isn't the one who was wrestling with the prince of Persia. And he's, he's that would that would simplify everything yeah. here. And then it changes. All of a sudden, the passage is easy. I mean, well, relatively can we not easy. Say easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go the with easiest. easy. Yeah. Maybe easy for y'all. It's. It makes <laughs> sense to me, because then it it allows, if you will, the character at the beginning who is introduced, who looks like Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and and acts a little bit more than just a normal angel at times to be the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, the, the, you know, I know that's a strange term. He's the incarnate, but not yet incarnate Jesus Christ. He he's not a baby yet. Right. Exactly. He's not he's like not a Benjamin experiencing life as a human. Um, and yet you have a separate individual talking about the challenges and needing help. I mean, that's what threw me off. So that's what always throws me off in this right. passage is the language is like, I until Michael came to help me. It's not even just to take over. It's to help. And that's hard for me to have Jesus going, I, I need a little help here. Someone come help me out. All the rest of it makes sense. But if it's not Jesus talking there, hey, I, I, hey I've been, I just showed up, and it's not the guy in linen. Then, oh, well, okay, now all those pieces fit real nicely. And we know there's tons. Again, we have at least three additional characters in addition to Daniel who are here. So all of a sudden that was, anyway, I like that. I really do. That allows it to. That allows it to make sense to you? To make sense to me. It really does. <laughs> Don't forget the mystery. Don't forget the mystery. It doesn't mean there's pl- well, then we still don't plenty of mystery. Right, because even if we say, okay, great, there's multiple characters, and we know what happens in 5 and 6 is Jesus, and then now we have these ministering angels, and oh, yeah. how many of them are comforting, how many are coming. I mean, one of, them is, one of them is Gabriel, obviously. Oh, and that's <laughs> what we were just joking before, just because even several people just kind of 
we'll jump out there and make that. That is an obvious connection that apparently the same character Gabriel we ran into now goes unnamed here. But then why again? Why unnamed? Why? Right. Where, where no idea why this? they wouldn't just tell us it was Gabriel because it was obviously Gabriel. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's I found that in plenty of commentaries that would you gotta love the mystery the wasn't who it was. The mystery is why didn't they say it why was Gabriel? Why didn't Daniel? Because it's obviously Gabriel. Because it's right. obvious. <laughs> Daniel, was, not like, obvious to me. That Daniel was like, obvious. I wasn't looking at his face, guys. It's not like I had <laughs> good re- point. Recognize, I'm I'm not sure where to put my eyes right now. Yeah. That's exactly what we get in this next section is Dan, is Daniel not being comfortable. Where, where where am I supposed to look? Yeah, where am I even supposed to talk? Right. Like I, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because this is, this is a being I may not be conversing with. I shouldn't even be speaking before him. And then he has to touch his yeah. lips and open them up. Yeah, this is still a – got to be a, still a terrifying scene presented as something super otherworldly. And, and if you add in – that you have this great figure, this Jesus figure above this above the river, and then you realize there's a handful of, of creatures of almost this magnitude all around. Man, that just Daniel must feel really like the fish out of water here. Like I'm, I'm I don't belong in this conversation. I don't. Why am I here? And then to stop and consider that that he is. He is why they are there. Yeah. That all of this happens because... That boggles my mind. Yeah. We have come you to would, tell you. You would almost expect him to pull a Peter and be like, can I build some tents for yeah. y'all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we need to we need to get some tabernacles going here for these guys. <laughs> it does make that scene more Daniel-esque. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the Mount of Transfiguration feel more like a throwback to Daniel as so much of what Jesus does seems like a recapitulation of stuff from Daniel that that would that would actually make it make more sense not less that you would have that unity there sure. then our question was what order do, do these things have that was my second one is what order are things happening because i was i'm thrown off by the fact that 101 begins with this summary statement I, daniel had a vision and he understood it and then and then is that the summary of the next section or is that meant to be organized within the you know the timeline and and the the more I'm looking at it the more I really feel like it it's meant to be a summary statement and then it gets unpacked through the rest and then you get a double thrown off at least I got double thrown off get double thrown off with 11-1 beginning uh as for me in the first year of Darius the Mede I stood up to confirm and strengthen him well the first year of Darius Mede is two years before the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, um, at least as his role in Babylon, two right. years before that. And so that, that, that really throws the timeline off a little bit. But we, I think we've kind of unpacked that a little bit in some cool ways that actually may have through. revealed some neat things. Yeah, because it is widely, right, widely yep. uh, accepted that 11-1 is, is the end of 10 I think it is, at least in the um, NIV, maybe the new King James Version, and certainly at least of 1971's NASB, um, they at least make it a parenthetical statement so that they're trying to allude to it going back. But yeah, you're right. Most kind of modern English Bible translations just look at 11.1 and and make it as the beginning of the whole next section, as a, as a chapter transition, because we've seen it. We've seen a very similar 
chapter transition timeline where throughout this book where Daniel right. kind of says, now this is the king, this is what we're doing, this is where we're moving into next. Um, and, and it goes all the way back to at least the Septuagint, which is the, the Greek translation of the Hebrew text mm-hmm. that included it as such. But really looking back at, at the oldest versions of this text and then even how the language is structured in it, it's most people agree now that it's it's actually this statement as for me isn't a transition of Daniel into a new section. This is the conclusion of 21, which it says, but what I'll tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There's no one who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince, as for me in the first year, that this is the reference of this battle, the spiritual battle that has been right. enraged. Now raging for two years, apparently. Yeah, has been going on. That might not be clear if if you're using an ESV, because ESV doesn't do that. It, it's got the uh, header above 11 and, and everything like that. Um, so we use ESV a lot, but this isn't, this is a section or this is maybe a part of this translation that, that isn't quite as, as clear as some other translations are. Yeah. And in all reality, what we are talking about here is something added on. Don't get, you know, if anybody's getting freaked out and being like, oh no, is this again another thing that we can't trust these English translations of the Bible we're doing? Well, we shouldn't have chapter markings and verses Right. Or headers yeah, above right. them. Or headers, yeah, to, that to say try to like, summarize things. Those. The kings of the south and the north. That was not original. Please please don't ever. Yeah, yeah this was all added in for our own benefit right. in reference and to be able to go back and do. But, yeah, to to read to read that as a transition into 11 as something different and new really kind of throws that wonky key into the timeline where you're like, how wait, how does this play out? So talk about the timeline. What well, seems to be that Darius, so from the perspective of Babylon, not in all perspectives, but from the perspective of Babylon, Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Great, I mean, they're, they start at the same time when Persia takes Babylon. So from the perspective of Babylon, you have year one, we just took Babylon. And so year three of Cyrus, the king of Persia, um, is no, doesn't mean the third year of his reign as king of Persia. It means the third year of him being in charge of Babylon. And the timetable only works that way. Like, that's clearly what's meant here. Then you go, so that so year one, year two, year three of Cyrus would exactly overlap with Darius the Mede, who was the general, we think, who took Babylon for Cyrus. Mm-hmm. So to go backward, you're going backwards two years. So it looks like what you've got is, if we do the whole timeline, you actually start Negative two years from Daniel chapter 10. You start two years back, and two years before, this is what we're just now putting together. And I've got to tell you guys, I am sure we are not the first to put this together. That being said, I've not read it yet. I have not read yet someone referencing these three pieces all being connected at the same time, which I've, I've not So it's cool to me to be experiencing it right now. So, the, mm-hmm. But two years before, a number of things happened. Persia took the city of Babylon. And took over. Darius the Mede, Gobrias, the general, um, has taken the city and rules it under the reign of Cyrus the Great of Persia. That's two years before this, before the vision. That's also the same year that Cyrus begins sending people home. People Jews who, the, home. for example, the Jews. Now, yeah. he did it for all kinds of kingdoms. The Babylonians liked that. They liked getting peoples, conquering them, and bringing them their best and brightest to Babylon, or 
in order to keep them from rebelling against them, dividing them up. So you can imagine if someone, you know, took over Texas and then spread us all over the country so that we couldn't unite as Texans. That would be the idea. That's cute. Yeah, exactly. Well, it would probably work about as well for Texans as it did for the Jews, which is to say with mixed results. Mm. Um, but so he begins sending them home, but not many go. I mean, like I've read maybe as many as 50,000 went in. So then it's been a couple of years. So that's about that 70 year range when God starts sending his people home that he had promised 70 years starts that process, but the process isn't done, which is what we're going to learn before. We've actually learned that in nine, that that doesn't end the process, which Daniel's sad about. Maybe that's why he's mourning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we were kind of even making the statement of, again, the humanity of Daniel that's present here. I mean, is he sad because now some have gone and he's not one of them? He's too old. Right. right. He can't get back. And is that's why he's mourning? Is he mourning because only a few actually responded? And a lot of the others said, you know what, my life here in Babylon's pretty nice. Pretty nice. I I like these gods. I like these people. I like this religion. And so is he mourning over God's people again? I mean, I I don't know, but we do get this sense of, of this event is tied into the state of why Daniel apparently is mourning and why then these angels come to give him this this message. Right. After he's been fasting for mm-hmm. 21 days. 21 days. From the third day of Nisan to the 24th day of Nisan, which as I said a couple of weeks ago would include Passover. So here we have the vision that is mentioned in verse 1 apparently isn't given until all the stuff that we see going on. So either sometime during chapter 10, Mm -hmm. um, but really it seems like what happens is this angel that all these commentaries say is obviously Gabriel. Obviously. Which I don't, I mean, fine. (laughs) Um, But then as this angel begins to unpack this vision. It's Gabriel, but it's the other Gabriel. It's the other Gabriel. Right, exactly. Gabriel S. (laughs) Gabriel H. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's and this this angel now gives this picture, which is which now we kind of understand why it's more of a word than a vision, right? Because it's this in this situation, what you have is is him telling it's. I mean, it's quoted. This is that 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 angelic angelic being telling Daniel what's coming, mm-hmm. and so he was already mourning and distraught. These guys show up, and he starts falling on his face. Can't look at him. He's just crushed in this. And essentially, the words of this angel close out Daniel. So the words of the angel, which of which begin technically with, well, for 21 days I've been fighting the prince of Persia, but then really begins to unpack in 11, 10, let me go back. Do-do-do-do. 10, 19. No, that's not when the monologue starts. 1020. Yeah, from 1020 through the book is one straight monologue. And then the book ends. Mm. So again, keep in mind, this isn't the end of the narrative. The narrative ended way back in chapter six. Six? Is that right? Yeah. It's been so long. It has. Yeah, so you'll remember chapter 6 ends with the phrase. If I can find it. There we go. 
So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. The end. The end. Seven. So it's like George Lucas telling a story. <laughs> totally, everything's out of order. That's when we get the series of visions and words and all that kind of stuff. So here's what struck me that I'm going to mention this Sunday, that this morning, listening to this passage yet again on audio, is that in so many ways, it we look at this from an understanding. Our job is to, we want to dive in and understand it. Verse 1 of 10, in the third year, Cyrus, king of Persia, the word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshar, and the word was true, and there was great conflict, and he understood the word and had understandings, understanding of the vision. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that 10.1 indicates that Daniel's understanding wasn't a problem. Yeah. What he needs is comfort. Mm. And this whole section seems to be more about comfort than it is explanation. The, unlike the others. The others have been largely about, here's what this means. Let me explain this to you. And, and for the first time in any time I've ever studied or look at Daniel, I have an image of a 90-year-old man alone and afraid here on the side on here. Uh, he's getting this picture given to him that he's been mourning for for 20, 21 days. And he gets this picture and what all these angelic beings, including very likely the Son of God, the reason they show up is because they really love Daniel. And that just, for some reason, that brought tears to my eyes, the thought yeah. of, this heavenly group that has shown up, this group of wise men that have shown up, uh, who are from the heavenly realms, have shown up out of love for Daniel. Because they, he didn't need more than one of them to just give him the message. Right. But all these guys show up just to let him know, we're here for you. And they touch him multiple times, three times. They lay hand, Different ones lay hands on him. Maybe the same one all three times, but probably not. Again, it's just it just struck me that this is about them comforting Daniel. And I just... I don't know. I was moved by that. I think of this as here are these world events going on, these massive things going on, world-changing events going on, and apparently a giant, maybe a spiritual civil war in Persia. I mean, I hadn't thought about it in those terms till right before the podcast. Like, mm-hmm. there's a spiritual civil war maybe going on in Persia, <laughs> and you've got, you know, the Prince of Greece, who I don't know what side the Prince of Greece is on necessarily in the spiritual war, but you've got Michael and these revealing angels who are on God's side and mm-hmm. they're the, or Israel's side at least. And there's this thing going on in that seems to have started about the same time Cyrus gave the decree to send the people back. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a result of the civil war say, or yeah, that's that not what triggers it. That's why there is a civil war. Maybe that's, that's why they're there. Why the decree happens. The decree never would have happened unless these spiritual beings interceded. Yeah. I mean, again, and this is what we kind of, was made, it, I mean, Gabriel which, shows up to, you know, the prince which, of which Persia Gabriel? and says, yeah, yeah, which which Gabriel? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Gabriel shows up to the prince of Persia and says, hey, tell him to send everybody back home. And the prince of Persia is like, not doing nope. it. Nope. Not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're toast now. Because what we do get, in, and we, we don't need to miss this as we continue with Persia and as we looked at that decree of sending some people home, this isn't then Persia coming in as the good guy to save the day. No. Um, we still see a beast attached to this kingdom, uh, and this is still is the enactment violent of yeah, humanity in its own deprived state, not being able to accomplish and, and right. God's purposes, unless God is the one who's Doing the one it. at accomplishing it through them, or really despite them in this case. 
And so we do get this decree for some of them to return, but then we also see that there's still this territorial dispute going on against these powers. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll apparently continue with Greece, as we'll see. Right. Yeah. Which, again, which makes total sense because Greece is about to get pulled into this whole conflict in the world conflict. Yeah. I mean, you're about to start the process of Xerxes and and Philip invading. Uh, not Philip, uh, Xerxes. Maybe, well, no, maybe Philip. Sorry, I'm just blanking on the name now. Xerxes invading Greece, Greece sending back Alexander the Great to conquer. Like this whole thing that's about to get unpacked, it's like what we're about to see is the worldly expression of this spiritual war that started two years before, which, and apparently goes until the end of time. Yeah. So that that battle got started, and it is, it's either been going on a while before this, or it's at a new level, and it's new at a new level of heat. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cold War has become a hot war in the angelic range, and it has been going on for the last 2,600 years. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And it, all of that, that massive change, gets paused. Right. And put on pause, so maybe some, some different pieces are shuffled around so that how many other people are here and whoever's here, all these people show up to just tell Daniel, yeah, you're still, you're still loved. That's right. Yeah. That just that boggles the mind. And I think... What's interesting after last Sunday's sermon, which this is not what the sermon was about, and not intended to be what this Sunday's sermon sermon was going to be about, but now certainly going is. to be, is, I mean, I would never have said, let's, let's teach in Daniel chapter 10 to comfort a bunch of people who are troubled by the current events of their time. Like just, that'll be the main kind of message, but the timing on it is just flawless, perfect from God on this. This is going to be a great Sunday um, to, uh, I th- we should have a video of a baptism. Oh, good. Um, and then we are going to dedicate some families and we're going to take communion that together. this Sunday. I'm so, so excited. That's, that's going to be a, this is going to be a great Sunday. I'm super looking forward to it. So y'all join us, go online, get registered, join us for Sunday. Um, and we'll see you then.